Hello and uh, welcome to FilmBroCast. What a great title. Um, and I'm Logan. I'm here with Luke. Hey. And we're going to talk about a bunch of movies, most of which share a common theme. The first one doesn't. Um, but we have to talk about the first one. It's our duty. Um, <laughs> yeah. But before we get to that, we're going to discuss only two trailers since we just did an episode two weeks ago. So. Just two things to talk about. Neither of them are a controversy, so it'll be quick. It's nice. <laughs> yeah, it's crazy or bad about either of them, really. Um, so we'll start with Cruella, because I forgot to rewatch it, and I don't really remember it that well. I just remember it looking like Disney's Joker. Um, I stole that joke from Eli. That is not my original comment, but not wrong. Luke. Um, it did actually give me those vibes, for, even though I like music. But um, uh, it it doesn't. To be honest, I don't think I'm gonna like it. It doesn't look bad. The thing with trailers, is, trailers is I'm not gonna like judging movies based on things. Cause it honestly doesn't look that bad. The job but, of a trailer is to make a movie look good, regardless. Yeah, of the yeah. Quality. So like, I usually always find movies look good through the trailer, but um, this one it sounds it honestly looked fine. I honestly didn't see anything wrong with it. Besides, there's this one line that um it was like, "I am a woman, hear me roar," and I'm very scared they're gonna make Corella like a girl boss. Or a but like, power thing. isn't her whole thing like that she skins dogs or something? I don't. Evil fiend, basically. Yeah, and they're gonna like do girl boss they're or girl do... power. And I'm like, Think what's... I don't know about that, chief. I think they're gonna do what they did with uh, the Maleficent movies took this incredibly evil character and tried to make her basically a good guy. Um, keep in mind, the Maleficent movies aren't even that bad. Like They're obviously not that great. This for, I feel like, I honestly feel like it's easier to make Maleficent, though, like, um, uh, make the, the, I feel like it's honestly easier to make her, um, like, sympathize for it than, like, someone who's, like, skinning dogs, though. Yeah, <laughs> like, I'm just very curious to see how they're gonna do that, because, like, mm-hmm. uh, at least with Maleficent, even though they made they what they did is they took the already kind of silly um, reason she's upset, but kind of made it work more. Kind of added. Yeah, yeah. And Maleficent too is a guilty pleasure of mine that I give a seven seven out of ten because of just how many people die in this children's movie, <laughs> just murders. Like it's insane. <laughs> like I a third of the movie is it not seen. That one, I have seen one, though. I remember not actually finding it that bad. No, it's not that bad. And the sequel's, like, a big guilty pleasure. Like, they got the guy from, uh, from, uh, what's that? Uh, Nine, District Nine. And he's, like, trying to do, and he's oh, out of nice. place because his accent just doesn't fit. And he's kind of <laughs> but it's such a good guilty pleasure. So much random shit in that movie. I think he just elbow was in that. I don't remember. I think he was. Or, nice. I don't know. Anyways, yeah. Krella, here's what I think. It'll probably be at least remotely watchable because it has Emma Stone in it and she can basically do no wrong, really. Um, she's really yeah, yeah. a watchable actress, so like that. And I doubt it will be great. None of these... I know this isn't really a live-action remake, but they're also... But they're still trying to do a Cruella, Cruella de Vil origin story, which is like, the stupidest idea when you're really, like why <laughs> same thing with the maleficent origin story but at least that had a little more to it because you know nothing about, but all we know corella deville one thing i think is i'm not like corella deville's character that she's supposed to be like this hideous woman who hides her 
hideousness under these giant fur coats and stuff, right? So they cast yeah. out who, let's be honest, is gorgeous. Um, <laughs> sure, whatever. But eh, it'll, be, it'll be at least somewhat watchable because she's in it. Yeah, yeah. It's as simple as that. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. Emma Stone's very uh, fire, as like kids would say. Yes, as, as, young, young and, as Travis Scott would say. He's <laughs> uh, very fire. You should watch it. Very, very sick. Very fire. You literally just have to watch it. Yeah, that's the quote. Now, the other um, trailer is Mortal Kombat. Um, yeah, video game movies. Yes. Never good, but I've heard the first one's actually pretty all right. Um, I haven't seen it. It's got a 2.6, but. Uh, I've actually heard the opposite of that. <laughs> I've heard that it's terrible. Well, you might be think there's there's another Mortal Kombat movie that's like known as one of the worst movies ever made of all time. Uh, okay, I got it. that might be what I'm thinking. Um, of. You need to check something. Nah, but uh, uh honestly, like this one, I I can like I can honestly see a good Mortal Kombat movie though. So hopefully this like actually. Here's what I'll say about the trailer. Um, there's some terrible, terrible. There's some bad dialogue. But in terms of the aesthetics, in terms of the setup, they got almost everything right. Like some of the, there, here's a direct quote. It's a birthmark. What do you mean? He was born with it. An actual quote from that trailer. Um, and it wasn't a Beautiful. Trailer, completely serious. Um, but one thing I enjoyed, it's very rare that you'll see like a big movie and not know a single actor in the movie. Um, like, there's no big stars in this movie. There might be some, like, stars that are stars in Asia because there are a lot of Asian people in it. But in terms of, like, Hollywood stars, there's no one in it, which I like. Yeah, it's yeah. good. Give, give some more people the spotlight. All our, all our stars are getting old. Tom Cruise is, what, 60? Like, Yeah, I don't know if he's that old, but he's definitely getting there. Like, uh, he's up, he's we got to find a new Tom Cruise soon. We're running out of support. We're running out of Tom Cruise. Everyone's getting old. Yeah. Like, all, like, Ben Affleck was Batman, but Ben Affleck's what, like in his fifties? Like everyone's elderly now. We need we need new people quickly. Yeah, yeah. Um, here's one thing: as a semi fan of the games and who actually does know the story a bit. Um, funny enough, so they took they basically Johnny Cage, from what we can tell, is not in the movie, and he's one of the best characters in Mortal Kombat. And they just took him out and put some random dude who's not even in the games in it. That call guy with the birthmark. He was born with it. Yeah. Um, yeah, just put him in there, and then just took out the most one of the most iconic Mortal Kombat characters, probably the most iconic outside of you know Scorpion and Sub Zero. Like, he's the cocky action star. Like, I just find it bizarre that they just want generic boring guy named Cole. Yeah, seems Cole. I hate that name. I don't know why. Um, <laughs> I just don't like anything about him. Um, and I'm. And again, it's a trailer, so whatever. The action looks great. The violence looks cool. Like at the end when it's showing Scorpio and Sub-Zero fighting and then like Sub-Zero freezes his blood and stabs him in the back of the head, that's Mortal Kombat. Oh, that's yeah. That's yeah. out of a Mortal Kombat movie. So as long as that's good, it doesn't matter if the dialogue's any good, to be honest. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's fair. The type of movie it is, as long as it's engaging. Like, Because I say that, but then I think back to... Uh, Godzilla King of the Monsters, which had some pretty awesome monster fighting, but some of the worst human stuff ever. Just awful. 
and I could, and then the movie just as a whole was not a good movie because of that. So we'll see. We'll see how that goes. Um, yeah. So okay, here's what we're gonna do. We're gonna do talk about music now. Um, and there's a lot. I think there's a lot to talk about. But I'm gonna let because Luke watched it more recently, and he might have actually watched the whole thing because I started skipping near the end. If I'm gonna be honest. Um, Painfully watched through it. I, I, but so I'm gonna let Luke do a quick plot synopsis, and there will be spoilers. But just don't watch it. And if you're really, really curious, pirate it. Do not give this movie money. Thank you. Oh yeah, don't give this money. Just I, I pirated it. Just do that. Uh, if you're against pirating, then just don't watch yeah, just it. Don't watch it. Don't give this movie anything. It's, uh, yeah, honestly, yeah. In general, just don't watch it. And, it's not worth it. It's not like funny bad. But yeah, yeah give a quick plot. I don't know how long it is, but it's like, like an hour forty. It's too not, long. That's that's too long for what it is. Like it's so bad. Um, but basically, it follows someone named Music, yes. and her sister named Zoo. Is your name Zoo? Yeah, that's what it is. Yeah, I think her name is Zoo. Um, and then, like this black guy, um, oh, that I forgot the name of, him. and some old guy, and the old guy's actually kind of a side character. But basically, Music's um, caretaker, which is her grandmother, die. Oh, so first of all, the main thing is that it's a movie about an autistic yeah, uh, child who um, has yeah. uh, a different outlook of the world. It, sure. uh, it's like a musical movie, and um, basically, her grandma dies, and then her sister has to come in to take care of her mm-hmm. temporarily. Mm-hmm. And Zoo just like comes more to seeing the world in a in the way that music does, and she is getting her life more in track. Um, so like I, that's basically the yeah. movie. And as the movie goes on, it becomes more apparent that it's the worst movie ever made, or at least possibly my <laughs> least favorite movie I've ever seen. And partially it's because of the offensiveness, but it all it is just a really bad movie. I'll have more to say than I would... probably because of my. Yeah, I, I will say, I probably didn't hate it as much as you. Um, mainly because. I don't have many experiences with um, autistic people. I'm autistic myself, so I don't really know how to the full extent of how offensive this movie probably is to you. So, but it was still so bad. It was still terrible, even without me having that. Bit knowledge. by bit. We're going to start right at the beginning. Like, So here's one thing I think. And this might sound a little silly, but this is what I thought. I feel like if you're going to make a movie specifically about autism, which there isn't really many, especially not many that are good, maybe like yeah. i feel like it should be at least somewhat accessible for people on the spectrum to be able to watch it right made with that in mind so opening with a scene yeah. with flashing lights and bright colors. yeah there's multiple strobe lights so much too. like seizure inducing lights in the movie like several multiple times and with yeah, yeah. like sorry sorry you continue i go um so when uh uh, uh, they she said she was um working originally with an autistic person for the role. Then they got like overwhelmed by her thing, and I assume she meant like because you know you need a lot of lights yeah. sort of thing. But now I'm pretty sure they just meant the strobe Probably. lights, like the like the seizure induced, like. And I'm just saying, like you could have just removed those and like made it a little bit better. But like I don't know, I feel like yeah, like, yeah. I don't know from the movie. Yeah, despite. First of all, let's actually backtrack a bit. 
because there's something I made Luke watch for this. Um, so we'll backtrack a bit about it. So she worked. So I was going to say, she apparently did three years of research. I'm like, I didn't believe that. But now I'm like, maybe she did because the person who helped, the people who helped her with her research was um, a charity company called Autism Speaks. They're terrible. Um, and it's not like, it's like, yes, they still do some good things, of course, because they are a charity trying to help people with autism. However, their understanding of autism and their look out view is cancerous it's bad um and it's yeah. like i'll give you a little more history i'm not an expert on this i only watched some youtube videos but um basically from what i've seen and read they don't see autism as something positive at all and i'm not saying having autism is super positive um there are problems with it especially for some people and there's it's okay to say it's okay to go and say uh, that this is a negative aspect of having autism or even having a child with autism. I don't think we should just be like, PTT autism's the best because that's not true. But they look at it in a very negative light. They look at it as something that needs to be cured rather than something where you can just, you know, improve. People on the autism spectrum can learn. It's they learn differently. That's the main thing you need to, I think, outlook people need to learn. People on the autism spectrum can learn, but sometimes they learn slower. Some things they can't learn, and they learn differently. And you need to to find aspects to enhance that part. That's what a like look like more schools, more more um, classes for people on the spectrum. That's what should be bought. Not looking for some cure because there is no cure. It is not a disease it is a neurological thing it's in the brain unless you want to go and pick around in someone's brain but that's not gonna happen right that's not and so uh, this this is kind of unrelated but i just want to bring this up and there's a fun plot twist that luke will be very shocked by probably unless he already knows um so there's a video called i am autism that was an ad from 2009 that apparently did play on tv in america um that one on yes and the second the oh ad tries doesn't excuse first half is basically scary music dark voice pictures of kids playing i am autism i will ruin your life and it's like i will keep you up at night i have no feeling i have the, like just talking about how horrible autism is in second half like but we can fight it i'm like this is the worst thing i've ever seen alfonso Cuaron directed it i'm not kidding <laughs> <laughs> he was probably permission to do it. I'm not like offended that he did, but Alfonso Cuaron directed that short. <laughs> there you go. I'm not even angry oh that God. he did it. It was probably just a commission. But what? Oh my I just thought. Like, <laughs> I just I just looked it up on IMDb. It has a one star. Like the lowest rated thing on all of Letterboxd. Yeah, that makes just started sense. discovering it probably through the music controversy and all that. Okay, after that backtrack. So that's who she worked with. And so I'm just going to say a couple thoughts that I hate the most, and then we'll continue back on to the sort of main discussion. So one thing about this movie is I'm not actually – I'm so I'm in school right now learning about being an EA, right? For So an educational assistant working with people with autism. And – one of the main thing they use to try and calm music down is something that I'm pretty sure has been decided that you're just not supposed to do anymore. I could be wrong, but if I am wrong, it should be something you're not supposed to do anymore, which is to put to um, put all of your weight on the autistic person's body and then put your ar- put their arms behind their back 
Oh yeah. Um, I remember. Didn't that scene get leaked and then a bunch of people on Twitter? I don't know. Were like, "Yo, that's not. Never yeah. do that. That you know, scene probably shouldn't be in there." Too, and by the was way, like, that was the protocol. But then they're like, "Hey, we well, shouldn't do that," and they stopped. Um, I forget what it's called. It was yeah, an actual yeah. technique that was taught, but obviously they stopped doing that because you know that's basically abuse. And there are other ways to do it. Like obviously, if a kid's gonna harm themselves, right? You do need to restrain them somehow to, to protect them, but that's not the way to do it. Um, yeah. In my school, even though it seemed a little inhumane, it was better. There was like we the autism class, like the lower functioning class, was beside us, and they put they basically had a room like a little closet room, right? That was completely padded, like you know, like um, you know, like gym mats kind of, right? And if a kid was freaking out, yeah. they would put them in there, which still seems a bit bad, but, you know, or someone would go in with them and it allowed them to just scream, slam on the walls, and they'd be fine, right? And calm down. They could come out. Still, I don't know if it's the best solution, but certainly better than that. And, um... Yeah, yeah. Especially since, I don't know how old music's supposed to be, but I think Maddie, the actor who was playing, I was only like 11 was or something 16. at the time. And these are like full-grown like men. Or something. Oh, great. For 15, real? 15. I guess she was only like. I think that's cool. I guess where she was only 15 now, and then they were filling it when she was like. I'm pretty sure. I think. Well, either way, still a full grown man on a 15 year old or a full grown woman on a 15 year old. It's a little. Yeah, a little weird. Um, I'm yeah. looking it up, but I'm going to say some more stuff. Maddie Ziegler, how old are you? She's 18. And how long ago was this filmed? Like three years ago? Two years ago? Around there. So yeah, 15 or 16. Um, okay. And I'm not going to blame Maddie Ziegler for this performance completely. Oh yeah, definitely not. Th- this is, um... She was even uncomfortable with it. My god, her performance is so offensive. Um, the faces, the moaning, and the thing is, that is how a lot of people on the spectrum act. I have met people on the spectrum who are like that. I will not deny that. But just feels wrong. It feels uncomfortable. It, I the whole throughout the whole time watching the movie, I was like, hey, I'm gonna, I haven't had many experiences with autistic people, especially um, people that are farther down on Low the spectrum than okay. um, so low functioning is the term that's used usually. Uh, yeah, um, low. I haven't had many experiences with low functioning mm-hmm. autistic people, so I wasn't the whole movie. I was like. I'm not sure if this is accurate or not, or if this is extremely offensive, but this feels extremely thing is, offensive. It's not, I and, won't call it inaccurate, but I will call it offensive. Um, it just feels so exaggerated. And the thing is, oh, the faces, yeah. I've seen that. The moving the arms around, I've seen that. The moaning, I've seen that. That is stuff that some people on the spectrum do. Okay, there's no denying it. Freaking out, all of it is accurate, technically speaking. But when it's someone who is neurotypical, so not on a spectrum, it's just wrong. And her, the faces are so goofy. And it just, you know what I mean? It feels like it's bordering mm-hmm. mockery, you know? Yeah, Even though that wasn't the intent, that's what it's it feels like. And listen, I don't think Maddie, I, I think I've ever seen um, an interview with Steve where she even said that Maddie was like worried she would be seen as making fun of autistic people. And she was like crying because she didn't want mm-hmm. it. 
to seem like that. So, like, listen, I don't play Manny. This is, like, completely yeah, on Sia with her direction. But I mean, like, um... Yeah, yeah. She just... She didn't know what she was doing. She doesn't know... Like, the whole movie... Yeah, it's... And aside from the offensiveness, it's just not a good movie. The lighting's not great. Yeah, acting's all bad. pretty bad. The writing is horrendous. I found the music to be terrible. Mm-hmm. I found the music to be yeah. pretty bad and as well. The, the musical, so like that's music, pretty I heavy. Shit regardless, but yeah, that was pretty bad. Sequences. Yeah. I love colorful looking movies, but it felt so forced. And I'm Wes Anderson. Yeah. Thing, so that's just... so when a movie has bright pastel colors, and I'm hating on it for it, that's bad. <laughs> That. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I love it. but it's awful. Um, so here's a scene that stood out to me as just really weird and like made me feel weird and uncomfortable. So Leslie Odom Jr., that's the guy from Hamilton who's in it, black guy, and he um he's like, so my brother has had autism, and then in the village he was killed because he had autism, and they thought he had a curse. Ha ha. Move on. I'm like, huh? What? I don't even remember Literally how he delivered it. Like, he's like, <laughs> it's fine. He's dead. <laughs> he was murdered. <laughs> and then they just move on. And nothing happened. Like, what? What? <laughs> Bruh. Like, that is a real problem. That's the thing that happens. What? I'm so confused. I'm Bruh. so disturbed. Okay. Hmm. Th- this isn't as bad as that, but this one just was like more of a casting thing that I found to be really weird. They casted um, the guy from Parks and Rec. Who the guy who played Sonic? What's his ben name? Schwartz? Um, ben Schwartz. Yeah, Ben. They, they cast Ben Schwartz as a drug dealer, and I just Is found that later. Was that really... later, or was he like? Was he the guy that Kate Hudson was like talking to about her job? Um, that's the guy who she got um the pills from to deal to the rich people. I don't remember that. Was that near the end? Oh damn. Not that was, I mean, it was scattered throughout, no, no, no. but um, I was, he was, I was in pain. My head was starting working. Yeah, yeah. I, I might have might have just not even noticed that. I don't know. Um, here's the Kate Hudson is terrible in it. Like she's really bad. Um, I, I mean, all the performances are honestly. I guess Leslie Odom Jr. wasn't that bad. Hmm? Yeah, Leslie Odom Jr. wasn't that bad, but I mean, like, like no matter what, it just came across as weird. But any, like, a lot of the times when it felt like his performance was awkward, like the scene I just mentioned, I think that was more the direction than him. Like he was trying. To yeah. Um, and there was a lot of just awkward scenes that felt unnecessary. Like, um, Kate, like when Kate Hudson, when the when uh music is first freaking out and uh, um. Leslie Odom Jr. comes and abuses her to save her or whatever the heck is happening. Um, she's in her underwear for no reason, and it's like, like she notices. She's like, oh, I'm in my underwear, and then she changes. But there's like, it's so unnecessary and random and doesn't really make any sense. Um, like, it's just, And then they have, don't they have a romance? Yeah, they do. Um, they do get together at the end. That's, yeah, 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 they do. And another yeah, thing, right. the movie's main plot is basically that Oh, Kate Hudson is self zoo is self destructive and bad. Now she has to take care of an autistic child. What whoa? And then like a lot of it is just her being a bad person and being stupid. I remember 
I remember um at one point she talks about how um you remember how like she was supposed to like jump off the she fell off the uh stairs from the apartment and then uh broke yeah, her yeah. legs or whatever. And um somewhere later in it she's like, Well, I was actually intentionally trying to jump basically saying she was trying mm-hmm. to commit suicide. And then they just never really touch her like deep depression yeah, yeah, again. Just like or like line just kind of like put in there for no reason. Yeah. You're like, are you ever gonna touch the fact that she's suicidal again? Or like I mean it's not like they don't touch like her struggles anymore, but like they don't touch explicitly the fact no, that she's suicidal Like she tells it to Leslie Odom Jr. and he's just like Damn. Okay. Anyway, what's what, let's change topics. Um, what was I going to say? Oh, yeah. Another scene that was just really goofy and just kind of stupid was, so the whole town, like, teams up to so music can go on a walk where they'll, like, stalk her, watch her, make sure she goes in the right direction and stuff. I'm like, why not just have someone take her on a walk, like, normal? Like, like why is, what is the point of this? It's so stupid and goofy, you know, when everyone's, like, coordinating yeah. her to go on a walk. Oh, I'll block her here. I'll say good morning. Just... It just like if the fat guy's gonna follow her anyway, just have him walk with her if he's willing to do that. It's like, okay, maybe we'll go on our walk. She yeah. wouldn't care. Like, that's the stuff that really bothered me the most. It's just stuff like that. Like, why do you feel the need to do this? Just have it re- if you want it to be realistic, have someone walk with her because that's how they do it. That's that's what happens. If someone who is lower functioning goes on a walk, someone just goes on a walk with them. Yeah, I mean, it's not, like, it's it's not, not offensive to say, oh, they can't go on a walk, because they're just making it even weirder by having people, like, direct her in the right direction. I don't I guess... Yeah. No, it's just no, it's bad. Just, and again, offensive to really, decide everything. Yeah. yeah, it's just badly made. It's not entertaining. The music's trash. No one can act. Even the actors who are established actors. Half the movie's yeah. plot doesn't matter. I already forgot half of it. It is just unwatchable, boring, offensive. Don't watch it. Don't support it. It's garbage. Yeah. It's not worth even talking about. We need to just remove this from the pop culture spectrum and move on in hopes that... Oh, God. I made an unintentional pun. But anyways, and hope that um, the pop culture spectrum... <laughs> and hope that eventually... <laughs> we can do something better, you know? And have an actual good movie. Yeah. And just hope Sia never directs mm-hmm. again, maybe? Oh, and hope Sia never directs again. Hope Sia never I'm not, I don't support, like, cancel culture mm-hmm. or whatever, but I really hope she doesn't direct another movie because she's bad at it. Yeah, like, I'm not, like, Sia's mm-hmm. over. She, like, you just like her movie, But also, please never direct a movie again. Um, yeah. Yeah. Uh, th- that's that. That's music. Woo! Okay. Gonna keep the negative train going until we get to some good movies. So, um, oh yeah, yeah, get the two bad yeah, ones over. That's with. the way I kind of set it up. And also because I wanted to put music first, just because it's the only one that doesn't at all fit with the sort of our. Uh, this is basically the Black History Month special. That sounds weird, but it's true. <laughs> this one less so. This one I'll get into why. But this Malcolm and Marie. Um, New Netflix movie came out, I think, a few weeks ago. Um, me and Luke both watched it. Um, it's not good. It's from a director. I don't think I've seen any of his other movies. The main one is Assassination Nation, which is important to point out because of another aspect of this film that people kind of noticed. So the film follows 
two really attractive people, John David Washington and Zendaya. Um, and they argue for two hours and then it ends, um, basically. Although, actually, no. They argue for about 50 minutes and the other hour and 10 minutes or however long it is. I think it's like hour 47. And then the rest of it is uh, self-insert about um, a bad review that Assassination Nation got. That's literally what it is. And like little short section yeah, breaks as nice. well. Definitely like, not know. against those. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's not David Washington and Zendaya. It can't be against them. We'll get into that. I mean, that's um, but fair. so I guess there was some bad review from the LA Times he got for this movie that was talking about it, right? And then he tries to hide that it's a self-insert by making it about race because the director's white. Um which makes which is kind of offensive to me. Like I'm like, really? Like he literally is writing about like, oh, it makes it. I'm gonna be the next Spike Lee. Why can't I be the next? I don't know, white director. Uh, like, and that's fine. That's valid stuff. Basically, but it's just so disingenuous. Also, the fact that he makes it about race makes it so much mm-hmm. more iffy because he's he's white. So like him saying. You know, black directors can get away with like this thing that mm-hmm. white directors can't. Then you're like, okay, bro, but you're white. So this kind of seems yeah, a little just, bit off. I don't know, bro. This seems a and I'm not sketch. going to say that a white director can't um, make a movie about black people or even the black experience. I think that's incorrect. Um, as long as they have the right research and like people to work with, you know what I mean? Like, like we talked about waves before, and I know you weren't yeah, a big yeah. fan of that, but I think you agree with me. The fact that the director was white did not impact the film's quality at all. It did not make it iffy, as one Carson Runquist once said, or whatever, right? Yeah, yeah. I mean, I a white person, as long as he like knows what he's talking about, could definitely make a movie about. But black here's where the problem is: is this is a self-insert all the way. That's what like all those arguments are him complaining about some friggin' bad review he got. You're a filmmaker. You're gonna get bad reviews. This is more. This is more blatant of a self-insert than yeah, like marriage story. <laughs> like that's it's like he tries to hide it, but also I don't know how no, hard he's trying to hide it. Only so times that he's trying to. Which is the same review he's yeah, talking like, about uh, was, and he was open about just being mad about it or whatever. Like, <sighs> I want to scream. Um, so let's go over the plot. Um. In quotations, um, so like come so yeah, the main so. character, the main dude, he's a director, uh, Malcolm. He comes back from a premiere with his wife or girlfriend. I don't think it's ever really specified. Marie, in their nice house in this very. Here's my one one of two things I will compliment. Extremely pretty movie. Um, like it just looks really nice. Almost the whole movie. I don't know if you agree. Like, I will say the, the black and white's a little bit uh, pretentious, but um, like it, when it, it comes to camera work just, and stuff, it's white very, looks great. Very the black and white looks great, so I don't care. <laughs> it looks like the yeah, black and white fair. cinematography looks really nice. Yeah, I mean it's uh, it's that that's like one of the two good mm-hmm. things. Just uh, 
And then, so the two leads are trying their best. Um, I was less happy about uh, John David Washington's performance, I guess, mainly because of the writing. Um, The writing wasn't good for him, and he wasn't able to work with it. Uh, Zendaya did amazing, I'd say, for what she was given. I think for both of what they were given, yeah, they, they did, did amazing. Um, they they put I feel bad because they put their heart out. They really you can tell them like this is what this is what they got out of and it. So like here's okay. This is what I wanted to point out. This is both a pro but maybe a con depending on how you look at it. So Zendaya's in her underwear half the movie, which on one hand is definitely a bit of a pro um, for basically anyone I think. <laughs> um, but on the other hand, why? Why? Uh, I mean, like, it's a kind of almost good question. Like she's in her underwear mean, for half of the movie, which again, nice. But why? I feel like... Hey, man, if only John David Washington was also in his underwear, then it would have been like balanced out. Shirt on, or like a little dis- more disheveled than he is, you know? Um, yeah, yeah. But like, you can see her, you know, like all that. And it's just like, cool. But for this movie, this is the one where you basically show your boobs, you know what I mean? I get that they were supposed to be like just like you know mm-hmm. going at it, but um, it's still a little bit. Like, a little I'm bit okay up. with um an episode that we will be doing in the future has a similar scene, actually a similar sort of setup um in a certain trilogy uh which involves an argument and boobs um <laughs> but and we'll get to that when we get to that but that and we'll you know what I'll try to compare it to that when we get to that. Maybe I'll probably forget because that won't be for like a month or two. But still, I'm probably gonna forget about this movie in general. But yeah, so it's got a poopy self-insert that is completely annoying and really obvious. And then to make matters worse, he tries to hide it behind a race thing and writing about race, which he knows nothing about. He's not black, so. Shut up. It just feels... I know John David Washington is saying it, and that should oh, make it fine, but it just doesn't feel right. It doesn't feel good. It's because it's not actually John David Washington's words. It's like, it's Sam Levinson's words through John David Washington, so it's like... Uh, completely scripted. There is like no improvisation in this movie. From what I can tell, it could be wrong. It doesn't feel... Yeah. I mean, I, yeah, I doubt he John David Washington actually went on a rant about Liberal no, yeah. LA Times Crap. writers. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, but again, Zendaya is <laughs> definitely given the better material here. Um, like, some actual stuff yeah, to yeah, say that she can really throw her all into that isn't just about some LA Times reporter that she didn't like. Um, her crying scenes are well done. Her screaming is believable. It's good. Good shit. Um, doesn't excuse the movie being a giant pile of poo. It sucks because. We're, it's this beautiful looking movie, great black and white cinematography, two really attractive leads, two, you know what I mean? Like, there's everything here should fit. The thing is, I can excuse bad writing more in another movie, but the problem is, this is a movie where all it is is I'm talking about the entire movie. That is all the substance. The movie lives or dies on the writing, and the writing is horrendous for the most part. The only good mm-hmm. scene. And that entire movie, which I don't even know if you'd agree with this, is a good scene. I just found it great because it's Don David Washington eating mac and cheese while verbally abusing yeah, his girlfriend no, or wife. Or legitimately, I mean, but it was kind of funny unintentionally. He's like, <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's what I mean. Like, it was hilarious. Just like, 
You're just like chowing on mac and cheese, all being like super abusive. Like. And you know what? Here, um, I don't think this is me. I think I saw someone else say this. I think actually Carson Runquist said this. So there we go. Positive credit to him. Uh, don't hear that much in this podcast. I don't even know if I hate on him. He's all right. Anyways, <laughs> um, basically, um, what did he say? Yeah, it's this movie. Remember on like years ago when Marriage Story was nominated for an Oscar. And then they shared the screaming scene on Twitter, right? Some site. And everyone was like, wow, this is so cringe. Because they were seeing the screaming scene without yeah, context, yeah. right? And they thought the whole movie was like that. This is what they thought Marriage Story was like when they were hating on it. <laughs> like, this is what yeah, their Marriage Story like... could have been if it was bad and not amazing like it is. This is this is like that one fight scene in the Mare Story, except great in- instead of it right? being like, but the Mare Story was good, and this is like story. I don't know what it is about it, but it just feels so. I know pretentious isn't no. a valid like critique because it doesn't really mean pretentious. much, but I don't know how else to word it. It just felt very like yeah, pretentious. I don't know how else to word it. I'm trying to find I better words like for it. I don't like pretentious but... sometimes, but this movie warrants it. This movie is really pretentious. If you're asking someone, what does a pretentious movie look like? Show them this. <laughs> and I want to get yeah, yeah. of how freaking pretty it is, but I can't because it's garbage. I gave it a three out of ten. Oh, and I gave um, forgot to mention, I gave music one out of ten, although that's not really a surprise. Um, <laughs> but yeah, no, I give this like a three, maybe a four, because it kind of is so pretty, good leads, but no, oh, piece of shit. <laughs> it's bad. It's really bad. Yeah, I think I gave music like a. I don't even remember what I gave it. I probably gave it like a three or something. And um, then for Malcolm and Mary, it's probably like a four. Like, uh, once again, probably after this discussion, music's probably going to get lowered down a bit. <laughs> I'm sorry, man. You didn't say anything positive. Tell me something positive about it. I. You know, there's, like, movies where you can't name anything negative about it, but you just can't give mm-hmm. that five. Like, that five out of five. It's just one of those things. But once again, after this discussion, it kind of, um... I'm gonna lower it, because, because um... It, the only thing holding me back was I was, like, I'm not exactly sure if this performance is offensive or not, but, like, now that, like, I've got a confirmation mm-hmm. for multiple people, yeah, yeah, it's definitely feels offensive. I'm probably gonna lower it, because, like... <laughs> Good job. Yeah. <laughs> I've come yeah, to the good yeah. side. Um, okay. Cool. I don't think we have much else to say about Malcolm and Marie. There's not a whole lot to say here. Yeah, there's not a lot it's to say. It's just really it's nothing. Writing is so just bad. Nothing it's a movie. nothing movie. And yeah, I wish it. Oh, my dogs. You can probably hear that, can't you? Oh. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, dog break. Dog break. Ooh, transition. Um, Okay, now we can talk about now that we've been uh, complaining for about thirty minutes, we can start talking about good movies. And the good the black Messiah. So I love this. I'm so happy about this movie, man. It it blew away my expectations. My expectations were super low is why, but it blew away my expectations. So very happy how that one turned out. So so that's why it blew out my expectations. I had a so if you've seen previous podcast episodes where I talk about how Chicago Seven, I didn't like that movie, and I expected to have same problems with that one that I had. Uh, I expected to have the same problems with that 
they would have with this, but it just no. So the main issue I expected to have was um I don't like when movies de radicalize um the people that yeah. they focus their attention around. And I expected them to do that with the Black Panthers a lot. Which I don't even know how they would have done that in retrospect since the Black Panthers were so blatantly a radical organization. But I just honestly Mm -hmm. expected them to manage to do it since it's a Hollywood film. But um they didn't and that like made me really happy to see them like in the first like ten minutes just go full out like talking about like the Mm -hmm. revolution of malice. This movie, let's do a quick plot synopsis. Yeah. Oh, oh yeah, I should probably do that, right? Yeah. I, um, everyone who listens will probably know what this is, but basically, it's about the Black Panthers. Fred yeah. Hampton? Did I get that name right? Yeah. Played by yeah, Daniel Kaluuya. Or, I'm, I think it's Kaluuya, probably, but I, I keep hearing people call it Kaluuya and find that kind of funny, although it might be accurate. I don't freaking know. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I think, I think Kaluuya sounds right, but uh, who knows. Anyways, and. Yeah. Um, the, the greatest the actor ever, Lakeith Stanfield. That's not accurate, but you know what? It could be. He's pretty great in everything I've seen. He's him I love him. He's really good. He can do yeah. no wrong. As far as I'm concerned. So, yeah, he, he plays... Help me out here. Um, he plays Bill O'Neill. Bill O'Neill. True story, right? And this is true story. And basically, yeah, Bill O'Neill um, was... Basically, he, he was... Posing as an FBI officer to steal cars. Spoilers, but also, this is a true story. But also, spoilers, I didn't know this story. I didn't even know he was assassinated, whatever. Um, so, yeah. Um, so, Bill O'Neill, he was an FBI agent to steal cars, and he gets caught by the FBI. And Agent Jesse Plemons, well, more so his up, upper, upper people rather than Jesse Plemons himself, Jesse Plemons is basically being told that the Black Panthers are worst terrorist, th- worst terrorist organization than any other terrorist organization. It's the biggest threat to the U.S. Horrible, horrible, whatever. And there was a threat for sure. I think we can all agree there because, or at least we can understand why they were seen as a threat because they were walking yeah, around yeah, with I mean, guns. They were. They were militia. Yeah, they were a militia. They were a threat to the state, of course. Yeah, I think that you were expecting it to sort of try to say, "Oh, they weren't that bad. They were great." And the movie does kind of do that, Um, but they still show that they were malicious. It's not necessarily that they would. My fear wasn't necessarily that they would make them heroic because I don't actually dislike the Black Panthers. My issue was more that they would ignore. the more communist side, and they would make it just very liberal, civil rightsy, like how they did yeah. with MLK so, and stuff. I'm just gonna okay. So basically, Bill O'Neill is hired by the FBI to be a, you know, a, a what's the word? Impersonator, not impersonator. Leonardo DiCaprio and the Departed, except for the Black Panthers. I, don't know, I can't say. You know what I'm trying to say? <laughs> undercover. He's going undercover. Joining the Panthers, and he gets really yeah, high up in the cool. ranks, like a chief security officer and all that. Gets to know uh, Fred Hampton, and I was expecting him to sort of join their cause, and he almost does, but then no. Which I was again. Oh okay. yeah, so you didn't know prior to watching this that Fred Hampton um, had well, assassinated. I knew, I knew he obviously. I had a feeling, <laughs> like so. I knew he was twenty-one. More, yeah, okay, so. yeah, okay. Again, I didn't know much. I don't. No, I don't know much about this history. Like, I don't. Like, 
And I was going to say, if you didn't know that, that would have been, like, a major, like, holy. Like, I knew Briar, so, like, I kind of, I expect that the whole time. But, like, if you didn't know about that, that's real, definitely going to be, like, a, I holy. I knew it was going to happen. But 21, ish. I didn't realize he was that young. So when he started, yeah, yeah. I mean, honestly, neither like, did I. Like, really damn young. Holy crap. But yeah, yeah. Um, this movie is wonderful. Uh, it just really does a good job of like informing you about it. But if you knew about it, I think, and since he probably did, it would still be a great telling of the story. Everyone's act is amazing. The acting is yeah, incredible. For sure. From specifically the Keith Stanfield. Daniel Kaluuya does great, but like Keith Stanfield for me is the big standout here. The Keith Oscar, please. Thank yeah. you. Um, uh, please. <laughs> Keep Pep getting nominated. I would be really <laughs> upset if he didn't. Um, I would be so surprised if he does because it definitely upset. seems like a... <laughs> Come on, it's the Oscar. Um, I would not be surprised. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, uh, let's have the Keith going for the Oscar. Uh, Delroy Lindo from... What was that movie called? Uh, the Five Bloods. Um, uh, have a oh yeah yeah Chadwick Boseman for Ma Rainey's Black Bottom. Let's just have everyone. This is the first year I think everyone should be black, or at least from what I've seen. Maybe maybe a Jesse Plemons now, um, but that's for uh, what's that called? The Coffin movie. Um, I'm thinking the, 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 that's not gonna I'm happen, obviously. Anything. But I'd be I'd be okay with that. But yeah. Anyways, back on topic. Um, it's really good, but I don't actually have much to say, so I'm gonna give the floor to you now. Um. Yeah. I mean, I I really appreciated that they fully showed uh the full extent of the Black Panthers. I will say, of course, this isn't like something that's gonna automatically make a movie good. It just prevents it from yeah. hurting it for me. So the things that actually made it good, it like the oh, visual yeah. cinematography, it was a very beautiful well shot. shot film. Yeah, yeah. Um, uh, the performances, once again, those are also amazing. Um, it and it's a great. Re- I knew that Fairhampton got assassinated, but I didn't know about the full extent of Bill mm-hmm. O'Neill and stuff like that. And I think it's a really uh, good telling that, and like revealed a lot to me. Revealed a lot more activities to me as well about the Black Panthers and a lot of the tensions, mm-hmm. the police that they had that I didn't know the full extent to. Um, and it was just very interesting because of that. And it was like a really beautiful sure. telling of it all. It's entertaining, keeps your, because it's relatively long. It's what, like two hours, 15, something like that. So it keeps your attention, keeps yeah, interested. Like Got I, I can't stress enough how amazing I thought Lakeith was, specifically the scene. Where he was like all of a sudden trying to go full radical, wanting to blow up a Capitol building and stuff like that. When he had like the four in his trunk, like yeah. that was when he like really sold it. I'd say. I think it's showing that, um, like the moral vacancy, I guess would be the wording of Lakeith's character is really a, uh, a really is um, interesting to see that how his mm-hmm. character acts and. And in, in the end, it shows the thing where um, it shows a real life yeah. uh, documentary with it's only like uh, Bill O'Neill, which yeah. But um, basically, he says like how he didn't really regret it; he was just mm-hmm. doing what he had to do. And then you look at his actions previously, and it really just shows like he, his morals are really yeah, he's not a... and weird and 
very good all person. over the place. Like, yeah, was, like I was assuming eventually, uh, like, and they kind of showed it a bit that he would go full on join the Black Panthers, right? But no, like he almost does. He almost goes for. Or I don't even know if that was him wanting to join them, or was him trying to get them to do something so he could stop being a agent, right? Like I wasn't really sure. Yeah, and I mean, yeah, that's uh he was definitely getting involved in it. Like we had the whole scene with Jesse Plemons and Lucky Stanfield where he's like, he wasn't sure if you like deserve an Oscar, or, like if you're actually like mm-hmm. falling for it. So like, uh, it's definitely, definitely uh, interesting in, yeah. to try to understand. Really but to the end, he, he does, he, he does everything he's asked of by Jesse Plemons and gets him killed. Well, not gets him killed, but certainly contributes. And he's killed in his yeah, sleep. Yeah. Oh, yeah. just yeah. Really goes out with the full Judas and the black, uh, the I... Judas like allegory. Oh. He because uh, apparently like right after they aired the documentary mm-hmm. that I previously mentioned, oh, yeah, yeah. he killed himself because of guilt. I guess overconsumed him. Which I mean, I'm not wishing death upon anyone, but probably a good thing that they felt for it because like just killed a 21 year old, you know? Right. Like it's not good to kill himself because I'm not yeah. going to kill him completely. Yeah, of course not. Time, but like, uh, he certainly should feel guilty. He he clearly had at least some moral morality if he felt guilty mm-hmm. from it. I should say that. So it's not like he was completely morally vanguard. He clearly felt bad, even when he, in the movie he feels earlier, guilt. He's like, he's, uh, not doing it, like, he's like, I, please don't. Bad. He's like, please don't tell me you're gonna kill him. He's, he's like, he's very hesitant, but yeah. he does it though. So. I recommend, so I, I should have said this earlier since we spoiled it-ish, but again, it's a true story. So even if you've listened all this way, I highly recommend you watch this movie. Um, uh, again, if you're outside of America and can't get HBO Max, it is $25 to rent, and I'm going to be honest, you should probably just pirate it, because that's kind of ridiculous. Like, I want to support the movie and give it money, Twenty, but $25 to rent a movie digitally is ridiculous. Yep. Yeah, that's that's insane. A VOD, like getting um movies that are like normally theaters, it's only like mm-hmm. I don't actually like, know, but it's not that much money. And then like all the things are like twenty dollars. Like King of Staten Island was also they have like they're just making it cost so much money. Yeah. Those, so yeah, just pirate it. I mean, if you if you like it enough, you can always just like buy it later when it comes out. That might I'll probably buy this on Blu-ray eventually. I don't know, but yeah, um. Yeah, because yeah. a movie ticket in Canada, at least where I'm where I'm at, is thirteen dollars, and the minimum price for a new movie rental is like twenty, which is just it's so predatory because everyone's stuck at home, and the only way they can watch new movies if they're not going to pirate is by renting it. They're like, oh, and I think the mindset yeah. is. If four people went to see this in the theaters, they'd be paying like fifty dollars. But if four people want to watch it at home, they're paying only ten. What? But like, what if I'm just watching it on my own, which would be the case? Um, yeah, exactly. Oh, I hate it. Um, yeah, I guess we didn't have much to say about this one either. Really, this is really good. Unless you have some more stuff you want to say. Yeah, some mm-hmm. movies are just really good. Yet there's not a lot to talk about. Maybe I think the next one we'll have a lot to this. talk about. I think so. Tons, yeah, yeah. I'd say. This will be pretty lengthy, actually. Hopefully. Um, not hopefully. 
Let's see. Uh, well, I think at the end of this episode, I'm just announcing to it now, we'll discuss sort of some of our plans for how we want to take the podcast in a different direction. Um, but we'll go through Blam Blues Old first. Um, any other final thoughts? Yeah, hang on, Blue Cold. No, I mean, I guess just say rating. Out I give someone an 8 out of 10. But keep in mind, my ratings are generally more high than Luke's, just in the way I rate, so. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, 9 out of 10. Um, now the next movie, Bamboozled, from the year 2000, directed by Spike Lee, starring Damon Wayans, doing the weirdest voice I've ever heard. Um, I, I couldn't get used to it, no matter how hard I tried. Um, Dude, the scene where his dad says, where the hell did you get that voice, that I accent? I think the idea, like, and we'll, we'll get into the plot synopsis very soon. I think the idea is it's like him trying to do a white voice or whatever. My God, it's beautiful. And it's yeah, been done in a, yeah. better in a movie that we've both seen. Now you love, so yeah. We'll probably talk about that on the podcast one day. Uh, call me by your, that's not what it's called. <laughs> We should probably do an episode where we both yeah. talk about our favorite movie for sure. But yeah, that's for the future. Yeah, yeah. Um, if we can get past Um, so I don't know how to pronounce his name, yeah, but it's like Pierre de la Croix or something like that. Yeah, Pierre de la Croix is, um, uh, TV writer, and he works for this, like, uh, I think it's supposed to be failing. Yeah, he works um, for a TV uh, company. Television and company. And they're not doing too hot. Yeah, like, the early 2000s, right, when CNN. video games and all this stuff is sort of taking over. Yeah, the beginning, he explains that, like, television is failing mm-hmm. with the internet and everything, and people are just moving away from it, so it's failing. And they have to come up with, like, a, yeah. a hip, sexy, <laughs> dope <laughs> TV show, okay. as the exec calls it. And basically, his TV show well, gets um, it, like he pitches it, and oh, they yes, say they too. hate it and they don't want it. So, um, I kind of missed this, but I watched a Spike Lee mm-hmm. interview, and this is how he described it. So apparently, which I don't know how I missed it, because but whatever, um, it's uh, he wants to get fired because if he quits, he's gonna yeah. get sued. Um, so he comes up with like the most racist, like terrible awful like tv show he can imagine which is a 21st century minstrel show if you don't know what that is yeah yeah it's where um the minstrel shows are basically a thing back in the early 1900s where people would white people would put on black faces do racist stereotypes of black people for humor so basically he wants to do that except it's Mm -hmm. black people with blackface which adds which is relates to the themes of the movie as a whole but um Basically, instead of getting fired, it becomes they they <laughs> like it, and then it becomes like one of the greatest TV shows in the world, and, getting mass fame, um, which leads and to some really disturbing. Blackface becomes a trend. Again, I'm going to get to that because um, there's so many <laughs> yeah. specific scenes we need to talk about and stuff. And yeah, and it leads to that, and then we'll get to the ending later once when we go through the movie because that that's the synopsis I'd say. So. Yeah, again, there will be spoilers, but yeah. we're going to hold it off and I'll let you know when we're getting to the ending. But we are going to be going through the whole plot. So, um, yeah. So, yeah. how do we start? I'll try to start us. So, yeah, 
the main character played by Damon Wayans, who I don't know if I've really seen him in much, but um, he's known for another type of movie. <laughs> really, really, really good comedy. That's what he's known for. Um, him and his brother, they make the most critically acclaimed comedies, um, such as Sex Tuplets. I don't know if that was even him or if it was the other way in, but, you know. Um, what was that one? Uh, I don't even think I knew this Wayne existed until this movie. Am I incorrect? You know the movie where they make um, face? I, I think, think that was the, the other Wayne's actually. There's, there's a lot of things or whatever. Mm. Honestly, there, there's like, but there's like four different Wayne's like brothers. The so Wayne's like brothers or Damon Wayne's and another one. So, but anyways, um, there's like yeah. eight Wayne's. There's so many of them. <laughs> But so he's in it. He's yeah, <laughs> good, but his voice is off. I can't like see what they're going for, but it's it's so distracting. I, especially in some of them, once it becomes more dramatic, I just I, it just doesn't work. Comedy. Uh, I love his voice. I, I'm not gonna. I I love the voice. Like, right, it's, it's a comedy for I think it's the great. first half of the movie, if not a little bit more. It's a satire. Yeah, I mean, it's supposed to be a satire. Is, actually, plays um, in the themes. The opening dialogue is him sort of narrate in a classic Spike Lee type opening, where it's like a narration or someone going. It's he's narrating what satire is in the opening. In its voice, I'm never getting yeah, over yeah. that voice. By the way, I'm sorry. Um, it is so bizarre. But yeah, he's narrating <laughs> about it. He goes to the office and he meets some. Um, I think was it Michael Rappaport? Is that the name of the actor? Whatever. He meets his um, executive. Who? Yeah. Yeah is really funny not in like but in like an uncomfortable way you know <laughs> oh yeah yeah it's uh he goes on a rain how like quentin tarantino's right the n word is just a word like i'm more of a black guy than you are like, his office just... is just filled with pictures of famous black people <laughs> there, there's just like one scene in that section where he's like um He's like, I prefer if you wouldn't say the N-word. And then yeah. like he just starts saying the N-word a bunch. And then randomly, it just like goes like like uh him just like rapidly slapping him yeah. in the face, but he didn't actually. It was like his imagination, I guess. <laughs> it was just really like, out there I don't and care weird. What that I was like, Spike what Lee guy says Quentin Tarantino is great. N-word is just a yeah. word. And we're gonna have to think ourselves by saying N-word probably a lot because yeah. there are times where we need to where we will need to bring that word up. But again, we're not gonna say it because we're not um you know, I'm not finishing yeah. that sentence. Um yeah, uh sorry, I was trying to oh got distracted, I was trying to look up the actor. But anyways, so the boss, like there's so many lines with him. Like I think he literally says, I'm more black than you than you. Look at all the brothers around you, like showing all the like black people little pictures. Um and yeah, yeah. the converse, the scene where he's actually having a conversation, he's like, you need to make your shows more black and hip. I know it's hip, I know it's brother, and he's trying to talk like a black yeah. guy, but they, he, the actor, the casting was perfect, because they picked, like, the whitest guy they could find, like, in terms of just the way he talks and acts. Like, he's, like it's just so yeah. off-putting and funny with him talking like that. Like, my God. Um, it's nuts. It's pretty funny and well done in that aspect and i wanted to talk before we get into the plot and i let you take over for a bit i think i will but i just wanted to say one thing i didn't like and i know it wouldn't bother some but i thought that so it was shot on like consumer grade digital cameras from the time stuff you'd find at walmart i think i read or best buy or whatever 
and it doesn't look like some movies can yeah, use yeah. digital cameras and get it over. And now most movies are digital because we have the technology for it or whatever, right? But this didn't look good. It looked really yeah. grainy and not in like a good way. Like it just doesn't look very good, I don't think. I'll say it didn't bother me though. Mm-hmm. I was very confused why. Because this isn't like one of Spike Lee's first movies. After he was like pretty like famous by this time. So I'm it's so a very interesting still, choice to I think use it. I'm not sure if there's like history with like the mystery right, or something like for using it, but so I think he knew that he'd need to not make it a big enough budget considering just how not subtle he wanted to be with it. I think he knew he needed to keep the budget. Oh, there's there's probably also I know he went to like ten different um companies asking if they would produce and they like they mm-hmm. all said no till we finally found one. So it yeah, might just have also been a slim budget because I know they, a lot of people like thought it was like too think offensive like, or they said they would fail or something point, like even though he, he was so famous budget. and he had made quite a few hits and stuff i think he still knew that he needed to be careful yeah i mean this is a very touchy it's a very it's angry but it's also a very touchy funny. film um the character when it comes to the subject Gunner, matter by the way played by yeah Michael I, I saw that's the white boss yeah i saw an, an interview with spike lee where he even says um the Two of the main characters who play yeah, the so- main characters on the minstrel show, um, which is Mantan and uh, Sleepany. That's not the real names. That's what he asked them to change their names to. And apparently, whenever they had to put on the blackface, it was like a very emotional. Well, I mean, understandably, but it was a very in- emotional moment for them because, like, they were like doing even a very disgusting movie, act. Like, in was- like one of the scenes showing them put it on, like you, the one guy has a tear, and then the other guy's whatever, and that's kind of part of the main yeah. conflict. Um, so here let's kind of go through so he's so yeah he wants to get fired by making this really offensive show but the guy's an idiot and everyone's an idiot and racist and like yo this is perfect and they actually put it on and when they show the first screening no one's laughing right which is accurate they're all just shocked and then all of a sudden they're like oh I like yeah. this and the thing is some of the scenes and this is hard to say but some of the scenes are funny and they shouldn't be. It makes you really uncomfortable. It's there was like this one scene. I don't remember exactly what it was. Yeah. I think it was the one where they the were in the chicken coop laughing, but I didn't want to laugh. Yeah, and he's like, like I would. Yeah, I was like, I had like a laugh. And I was like, mm, probably shouldn't laugh about that. So it's a very. Yeah, yeah. I mean, then once again, in the interview I watched, he literally said that's what he wanted. He wanted people to be like, mm-hmm. "It's funny, but I don't know if I should be laughing at this." So it's a very, um, it's a very touchy subject matter. It's like, should you really be laughing? Yeah, I think but that's what he really his funny. Goal was so like, like, I want to make you uncomfortable. That's what this whole movie is like. Blackface yeah. in the history of it inherently makes you really uncomfortable. It makes me so uncomfortable. I hate looking at it. Like, like the the full on yeah, it's because you know the history. During, during the um, blackface era, I there's like a blackface montage near the end, and there I saw the animation. And one thing I never got is why did they make the animation blackface? Like they well, didn't make they them black; they gave them blackface, and it doesn't make any sense why they would like one of those do something. Seen, so there's an old Bugs Bunny skit. Yeah. Um, you know, how Bugs Bunny has all those people who are trying to kill him. Well, he tried making one that was a black guy. That's like really exaggerated, dumb, and stuff. Yeah. And he only had one appearance. It's not the only time Bugs Bunny's been racist. I just, uh, yeah. an aside here, I have to bring this up. 
and this is terrible. There is a World War II Bugs Bunny short called Bugs Bunny Nips the Nips, and you, which is about him fighting a Japanese man who just screams gibberish and flails the katana around. Woo! So yeah, yeah. there's just the history of racism in cartoons in America, mm-hmm. and that is a different circumstance since it's wartime, but still, you know. Um, there's just so much to talk about here, um, and it's hard to kind of make yeah. it coherent. There's just a lot, so let's just go through. So, yeah. it definitely touches the on characters, a lot. Yeah, so it's... Um, the two here, I have the cast list here, so I can actually see what their name are. So, Man Ray and Sloan. That's no, not Sloan. That's the woman. Sorry, Man Ray and Womack, who are the Mantan and Sleep and Eat characters. Um, they are just sort of they're bums. They don't have a home. Um, they're living on the streets, right? Abandoned building. They're street performers, yeah, they're but they literally live in an abandoned building. Like, they don't have a house. They're poor. Well, they're homeless. Yeah. I don't know why I couldn't get that word out. They're homeless. They're street performers. And yeah. in a kind of really dickish move, which it becomes more and more um, evident that I think that's part another part of the voice. Pierre Delacroix is an asshole. Freaking hate that guy. He is. He's not nice. Um, he picks them because he knows they'll want money, yeah, and then he makes them put on blackface. Well, one yeah, thing they, like, the other guy doesn't really care all that much. Go with it, and the man ring. Yeah, there's one guy who's very much hesitant of it, and the other guy's like, know. "Whatever gets me money." And then eventually, as it goes on, he kind of the thing, gets the thing I notice is till the end, he really doesn't care because he's famous and he's rich and he's getting money. Like, and he's not reading up on it. You know what I mean? He's not. Like, and there's that scene where Sloan, Beta Pinkett Smith, to and me, him are talking, and he, he doesn't really know the implications all that much because he's not very educated. To me, he's, um, he, I think even the scene where, um, one guy's crying, I think um, when it goes to him, he still has a little bit mm-hmm. of a look of regret and, like, disappointment in himself. But I think he purposely ignores a lot of the implications just because he doesn't want to think about it. And then yeah, at the end, thing. when um, uh, his friend, uh, yeah, he uh, just we'll, you know, we'll do now since we're gonna kind of be jumping around. There will be spoilers from that one for sure, like full on. So just a warning, because uh, we won't get to it quite yet, but it's gonna be soon. So um, yeah. So as the movie goes on, we'll just keep going through the plot. I think a good way to talk um and then again you can talk about whatever when it comes up but you know what i mean so from him doing the show he hires yeah. the two guys off the street and they're hesitant but they do it the show is a huge hit for some reason and yeah it just kind of goes from there showing people getting more and more like yeah it's great it becomes popular specifically with white people because of course um and yeah so, um. Oh, and then in the audience, there's um. The black black face becomes a trend that's where I'm like, you oh see the audience. God, it's white. Where I'm like, yeah, like the entire audience is wearing blackface, and the guy that comes on before the two main characters come on is like hyping up, and he's like, he's I forgot exactly what he says. That he wants them to chant, but it's like um. I think it's like let's go N words or something like that. Something along those lines, and like the whole like audience who's like mostly oh white, it's just start chanting it. It's like it's oh it's really off. It was uncomfortable enough when it was the um, you know African American people wearing it, but then 
go act oh and michael rapaport was wearing it too with the boss yeah oh yeah yeah the the boss is wearing it michael yeah the Mm -hmm. ending when that happens he's wearing it you know like and that's good it's good that it made us uncomfortable but basically, so as the film goes on, Pierre himself yeah, yeah. kind of loses track of what he was even doing and becomes kind of obsessed. And his office is now covered in blackface memorabilia by the end. It's creepy, like yeah. the penny bank um, starts dancing around on a table CG, which looks really weird. <laughs> the thing, here's something. I don't think the movie is amazing. Like, I know, I know you really loved it. I think I'd give it an eight. Um, gives me very strong. It's a mess. Is a, one thing that I have. It's really messy. The pacing's a little weird at points, and it just feels like some stuff just didn't really hit the mark. I think it's overall really, really, really good. But again, like I thought, the camera just felt unnecessary. Even with the budget, it just looks bad. Um, and yeah, some stuff is just not held up. I think just a bit of it. Nothing to do with the moral, with the structure more than anything. Um, I just, I disagree with the pacing. However, I do, I can't understand the messiness issue. Mm-hmm. Um, because once again, it's tackling a lot of issues. Um, I can yeah, see some of them being a little bit half baked, a little um, going from the point. But I, I think the main themes that it was trying to tackle were just like very, uh, very powerful, and it. As someone who, you know, we don't really think about this. Like, we're not, I mean, you mind a little so, bit because this is, we're just trying our best yeah. here. <laughs> yeah, but so it's not something you think about, but like, and you think about it when you watch the movie and you're like, yeah, and you can kind of see it and you kind of realize that, yeah, this actually is probably an issue, you know. And I mean, um, Spike Lee, he said, like, this isn't just for black people. This is for, like, yeah. all kinds of minorities, LGBT, and of people of color, you know, like. So, I mean, it's, I uh, yeah. But, I mean, it's, so basically what the main theme is, is that minorities mm-hmm. be- are still caricatures of themselves in television, um, despite us moving past minstrel shows. And yeah, there's not a only scene in television, with but just the, in the sort of board itself. of, uh, all, he's, he only has white writers to work with. And he brings up, like, oh, you like these shows? And then they're just quoting, like, well, yeah, like, Urkel, did I do that? And just, like, dynamite, and quoting all these famous, like, uh, sitcom characters. And he literally intersplices yeah, like, yeah. footage from the shows and all that. Like, yeah, I love those characters, but they're caricatures. They're silly caricatures. Yeah. And then we have, um, at the end, where... Um... Uh, where I mentioned the blackface montage, near the end of it, it goes away from blackface, and it yeah. goes into like just stereotyping in general, of like actual black people with uh, like not no blackface, just actual black people acting in TV or movies, and it shows um how they're still caricatures yeah. with of themselves even without the blackface on, and uh you know because there, there's like the black butler stereotyping like no the house like, lady uh, stuff like Winter. that. I don't think they showed Gump the Wind specifically, but you know. Like that. Um, yeah. yeah. <clears throat> you got more to say? <laughs> so, um, I, yeah. I mean, I think there's like some smaller things that I thought were funny that they touched on. I like, um, I like that one scene at the talk show. Not the talk. Yeah, I guess talk show, like podcast thing, 
where he's like, um, slavery has been <laughs> over for 400 years. And it's like, yeah. no, it ended in 1860. And this came out in 2000. So that was only 140 years. He's like, the, no, the, the years don't matter. That was like really funny. Yeah, yeah. Um, there's another great scene. I love this scene too. There's two more I want to mention. There's um the yeah. one. So this is spoilers. Um, at the ending, after they uh kill uh Mantan, the Mau Mau yeah. leaves, and then there's a police shootout, and then the everyone guy, gets killed right? except this one guy, who I'm not sure if he's black or if he's just yeah. a, like if he's yeah. actually white, but basically he looks white. So the cops don't kill him; they arrest him, and they cite him on the ground. He's like, "Why didn't you yeah. kill me?" I'm black. Yeah. I'm not well, white. Yeah, so that's really another funny. side plot that seems yeah. completely then, um, unrelated to anything for most of the movie till the ending. So let's go through that. So there's a rap group that's actually related to the assistant, like the the main guy in the rap group is related to Jada Pinkett Smith. Yeah, which is uh, Sloan, no other character. Smith. And they're the Mau Mau's. And um, they yeah. are very they're very offended yeah. by the show. And they're not they're also shown to not be overly bright people but you know i i think they're just supposed to be representative of um because it's kind of they were mainly focusing on how people liked it i think they were just supposed to show that the people were against it but then they also like they're except yet they still mm. audition to be in the show yeah <laughs> yeah yeah which is funny i mean um i mean okay. it's a. <laughs> I think I honestly do think that was a fair thing to add in, just because mm-hmm. showing the uh, opposition from like because we have Jada Pinkett yeah, Smith also being in opposition to it, and then um, near the end, both of the actors. But uh, then the shows like the farthest end, and I think that also is trying to criticize something else, which I could see being half baked, but just because uh, they're so they're supposed to be radicals. There's like one scene where um talks about uh his new name, which is the got rid of his slave name and now he has this new name big black Africa and like he talks about like Muhammad Ali and stuff like that and Malcolm X so I'm there's like that and it was clearly trying to just show like they're a lot more uh radical I think Spike Lee I feel like Spike Lee does this a, a lot in his movies where like he criticizes um the very revolutionary radical stuff where like you're going to the fullest extent of uh you know killing people and the Mount Mouse is based off of um uh, the, like the name, it's in reference to I think it's like a Kenyan, uh, anti-colonial group where like they would like kill farmers and stuff. And yeah, kill their so basically and, like, they the kidnap British uh, Man Ray, and they murder him live on television. Yeah, which is funny because it was originally just going to be in the internet. Then they get a court yeah. order to put it on television. Imagine not everyone, is not everyone had access to yeah. the internet. Oh, cow. It's not that long. Ago. I was born a year. I was born a year yeah. after this movie even came out. So, yeah, yeah, yeah but uh, it's uh, it's very crazy. But yeah, um, oh, I just remember another scene. Yeah. Remember the Timmy oh, Hill, Timmy Hill uh, scene? Oh, both of the ads. <laughs> so apparently, it's like, the bottle. Yeah. What was that called? The yeah, beer. Yeah, yeah. Well, the first year, apparently that made further um, appearances uh, in Spike Lee movies. Kind of like, kind of like the cigarettes, like in the kind of like the cigarettes oh, in Tarantino movies, the red apple cigarettes. It's like that. It makes 
recurrent oh, references throughout his films after this, which I think is funny. Yeah, there's like this guy's like, I'm hip, I'm cool. He's a super white guy, but his name is Tommy Hill Edward. And he's like, Guido, yeah, Guido. Yeah, and he pronounces ghetto Guido. <laughs> yeah, he's like, I'm supposed to be making fun of a, like, a fashion designer, like Timmy Hill Flieger, I think mm-hmm. his name is, or something like that. It's like Timmy Hill Edward. Like, if you want to stay really real and never get out of a ghetto and like stuff like just stereotyping. And then he's like, and if you want to be, and then it's just something, and he's like, if you want to be really mm-hmm. real, then you'll get our bullet holes or something like that. It's just so. <laughs> it's just. Uh, it's like yeah. stuff like that. That's the thing, like, we're like, should I be laughing? Because, like, it's super real. It's like, at the same the thing time, is, it's like, super he's fun. never subtle, that's for sure. But, like, this is his most just outward, like, intense movie when it comes to, like, his criticisms. Like, he does not hold back at all. Then from what I've seen, he's made like a movie yeah, year yeah. for like t- thirty years at this point. Like he he pumps movies out like it's like it's insane, it's crazy. Yeah, I, I no, I will say lack of subtlety no, for me was not an issue. Um, and the, I think worked, lack of subtlety yeah. can um, be an issue, but in this, I thought it worked fine. So before we end, since I think we're pretty good, um, unless you have a lot more to say, go for it. Of course. Yeah, I mean. Uh, I don't have much more to say, honestly. I I, I just like one of those college scenes. Did, though, right? I thought they were really funny. And... Yeah. yeah, no, I did. I, that's what I, mean. I just did those. Um, I mean, I don't I think I have much else to say. Probably do too, since you liked it even more than I did. Um, yeah, eight yeah. out of ten. Yeah, I definitely. really, really it enjoyed it. Um, and I just thought, why not? Because I think for in the future, we should probably watch. There's another Spike Lee movie that I'm interested in talking about, which is Twenty Fifth Hour. Which I've seen. I don't know if you have, but it's it's. Oh yeah, we can do one that. One of these movies that touches on issues, but I have, I have not, not seen much. Spike it's Lee. actually not like about like racism towards blacks. The main character is who plays it. He's in Moonrise Kingdom. <laughs> why can't I remember the name? I don't know why it won't come to me. <laughs> you would know him, I'm not good whatever. with actor names, uh, so I don't know here. Um, and I know Philip Seymour Hoffman's in it as well, and that one's basically about. Post nine post nine eleven um, anxieties and prejudice and all the stuff that comes from post nine eleven and one of the characters, his house is like next to Ground Zero, like next to where. And I think the movie came out in two thousand and two. I'm pretty sure. Like, immediately after it happened. He made oh, okay. it, so that's only a little bit after this one. And it's. Starring Edward Norton, that's it. Um, it's great, and I want to talk oh, okay, about that okay. some other time. So we'll definitely talk about that. But what are your thoughts on uh, Spike Lee as a whole? Just end this off, I think. Just like other movies you've seen from him and all that. Because I think he's a very filmmaker. What are your thoughts on Spike Lee Sorry, as a whole? And like other movies he's made? And just, just to end this off, because why not? Oh. Yeah. I, if I'm if through, I haven't seen a lot from him. I've seen Black Klansman, this, yeah, and then his movies on the right Rodney thing. King and Huey Newton, which I don't know if you've seen those. What? No, I I have not. Didn't like it's that, pretty weird, but yeah, I know. <laughs> but um, I, don't, I I I gotta get on that. I yeah, for, I think There's I have a lot of movies where I'm I don't like, know. I, I should have I should have watched um, this a year ago. I've owned it and I still don't. It says don't do it. 
So yeah, especially yeah. my favorite movie, Old Boy. Um, the remake nah, but, um, it's really good. Shall watch it? Don't watch it. It's up there. <laughs> I actually well, will watch that eventually. I just gotta see how bad it is, you know. Because yeah. the movie. Will oh be yeah, yeah, of course. I gotta watch the Probably. I, from him, I've seen only eight, which I, would be a lot for some directors, but he's made a lot of freaking movies. So, And I mean, like, he makes, even if it's not a narrative feature, he makes a movie a year, I'm pretty sure. He keeps, he's kept that up for years now. He gets a movie out a year. I think I saw an interview where he was saying, I guess, yeah. if, like, a white filmmaker gets a successful film, they're set. But where a black filmmaker, he, he this is just a quote from him. You just need to keep making. You just need to keep working to make sure you stay popular. And that's what he did. And that's what he still does. So my favorite yeah. from him is actually Black Klansman, which I think is a pretty hot take, considering some of the stuff I've seen as well, like Do the Right Thing. Um, I just really like that movie. Uh, the Five Bloods, which is his most recent film. Yeah. And Boozled, 25th Hour, She's Gotta Have It, Chirac. Just some good, good shit. You should all watch movies from him, specifically Do the Right Thing. The right thing is the best one. I mean, most people have seen it, um, so yeah. <laughs> I guess we're kind of done here, eh? Did you want to? Yeah, I mean. No. Did you want to touch on? Yeah, I don't think um, I have much else to say. Just sort of what we're gonna try and do for the podcast in the near future, just to keep people on track. Um. Yeah. So. We, yeah, this is, this is still, you know, our podcast is still experimenting around. Now. This is fairly new. Yeah, so we're going to try and make our episodes yeah, right. under, um, like, 40 minutes to an hour. And we're, basically, we're just going to record stuff differently. We're going to try and make it so we can get idea, more so out more consistently as well. We're going to try and, uh, and keep our episodes around an hour. It's okay if they go over a little, of course. And we're going to maybe sort of bulk record a few episodes every few weeks. And then try to, I think we'll probably stick to releasing an episode every two weeks rather than once a week. Just so we can have a chance to catch up, even if we're able to get out two or three episodes. We'll see. If we're like able to frequently, maybe we'll do a weekly thing. But that might be a bad idea. But, you know, we'll see. And it'll be like a specific day, which we'll announce next next episode that comes out. We'll say what day it will be, and we'll be on that day. We'll release it, um, and we'll. So yeah. you'll see in some episodes, we'll still have episodes where we talk about like recent news, but you'll see that less often, just due to us doing like three episodes a week or whatever. And some stuff might be a little out of date by the time it comes out, right? Whatever, but that's okay. I think um, we're just gonna. It's the best way to go because if we keep it like yeah. that, we'll be able to get it out more. People will be more willing to listen. The shorter it is, I think the more willing people will be to like, oh, sure, I'll give it a listen, right? Um, yeah, that's our plan. Um, and for guest episodes, we won't worry about that. But guest episodes will still come out on whatever specified date is. And we have a few coming up. I look forward to that. Before Trilogy will be doing. And another episode that will probably not be too... When Justice League Snyder Cut comes out, there eventually will we will be releasing an episode about that and the original we'll do a sort of a double feature discussion there um and that one will i think what i'll do is even if we have episodes sort yeah. of made already right 
I'll try to make sure that that's the next, if depending on that will be the yeah, next yeah. episode to come out after we make it. So it's sort of hot and recent, you know, so there will be, well, we will basically have some episodes that we'll just sort of have in the back burner ready to release, especially if we're not able to get one out when we want to kind of thing. And that will allow us to make an episode every two weeks. That's kind of the idea behind it. If we can make our episodes shorter, and make a few a week, right? Or a few every time we make one, obviously. Then it will allow us to more to keep up a good yeah. schedule, I think. At least for a while. We'll still keep it. So yeah, that's the plan. Um, I hope, and I hope that goes well. So yeah, in a few weeks, we'll have an episode out, and then we'll from as soon once that episode's out, we're gonna try and keep the schedule going, at least for a bit. Yeah, I think that's good. Um, hopefully that goes well. And in the near future, we will have a guest from a podcast that I, has a weird title. What was it called? What's that smell you thinking again? I think that's what it's called. Um, I don't know. They've gotten a lot more episodes than us, so that's yeah, cool. Yeah. And, um, but they're also an equally sort of small podcast. They're doing their best. So, yeah, there's the end. We're bad at ending podcast episodes. Wow. <laughs> <laughs>